Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. This week on the podcast, I speak with Donna, the founder of Bub to Sleep, and we talk all things sleep transition with childcare and also a few hints and tips just relation to sleep with babies and even toddlers, because we all know that we could always do with a little bit more sleep. So Donna is the founder of Bub to Sleep a certified sleep sense consultant and mother of three girls. She started her journey into motherhood and she became so passionate about creating healthy sleep foundations for her own family and she wanted to be able to share this with other families and that's how her journey on her business went. Her belief is that with good sleep, you can deal with anything. In her downtime, she really enjoys doing Pilates, walking her dog and spending time at the beach with her beautiful family. Hope you enjoyed the episode and as always, and as always, it'd be great if you could leave a rating or review to help promote this podcast to help more working mums. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome Donna, welcome to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? Fantastic. Thanks Karina. Very exciting. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Very passionate about working mamas. Yes, yes. I love I love the enthusiasm and passion you you have, so I really can't wait for our conversation and our chat today. So just to kick it off, how would we best describe yourself? Oh my goodness. Yes, my elevator pitch. So firstly and foremost, I am a mother to three children, three girls. So they're 17, 15 and 11. Can't believe they're that old. They were my life work experience with sleep because that's what I'll explain (laughs) what I do. I was very anxious about having a newborn baby and sleep. I mean, there's lots of other things to worry about, but I was worried about sleep. And so I had a book back then and I was like, okay, this is what we've got to do. That's great. And it did reduce my anxiety around sleep. So I've been obsessed with sleep my whole life and I'm a wife as well, still married. And yeah, obsessed with sleep and implemented it with my children for all of their little lives. But I am a pediatric sleep specialist. So my business is Bub to Sleep. I founded it, I well, grew it from nothing, from a passion, um, studied always researching and studying. I'm really obsessed with sleep. And yeah, five and a half years later and thousands of people all around the world, I work with families individually one-on-one to get them sleeping. You don't have to leave them, but it is a miracle. This sleep is a biological miracle and babies can all learn to sleep either amazingly or better than they were, you know? So that's me, passionate about sleep and a mum. (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. And what's been your career journey? Like how did you, obviously your girls, you had a bit of anxiety Mm. around them sleeping, but, and you've, you said you've only been doing this for five and a half years. Mm. What's been your journey before that? Well, my journey, I've had a big life actually. I've traveled, lived, lived around the world. I'm someone who's always been independent and, you know, never stopping, but then became a parent, not but really wanted to become a mum and became a mum and made the decision to stay at home and which was a really lovely decision. I stayed at home for 10 years and really lost myself, to be honest, and loved being a mum, but I found it quite challenging at times as they got older into toddlerhood and completely lost myself and didn't realise it because your world becomes so small, but they become your everything. Yeah. And when my littlest got into full-time school, it was about a year I was thinking, what can I do to help mums? Because for me, the transition to become a mum 
well, it, as you probably would have heard the word matrescence, which I think explains it beautifully. I love that term. Yeah, me too. Is, is, is like adolescence or big changes in life. It is an, it's a, I don't want to say catastrophic because that sounds awful, but it's such a huge change in a woman's life. There's nothing like it at all. First time baby. And I didn't really realize that. And so then did all of that completely lost myself again, not knowing. And then as she was getting older, decided to have the three, I thought, how can I help mums? And then my passion was sleep, was sleep. So I'm like, how do I do that? Cause I don't have a medical background. I was a personal assistant before. So I wasn't, you know, urging, well, excited to go back to work in that. Long story short, the universe aligned and I got, I was sick one day and through, I hadn't even honestly started looking, but in my mind, I thought I have much obsessed with sleep and a sponsored ad came of become a sleep specialist. I'm like, what's that? What? And again, long story short, everything aligned, an incredible woman in America, Dana Olbermann, she is sleep sense. She's been around for 17 years, was coming to Australia to train 10 specialists or start training. So that was the beginning of the journey. Five and a half years ago, invested in that, absolutely obsessed with sleep, can't stop reading and and researching about it. But for me, five and a half years later from what I thought was just going to be a little bit of a side hobby is a full-time incredible, I don't even want to call it a business, but uh, yeah, it's my calling. (laughs) <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. and there's mm. so much to it I think as as new parents we go oh sleep like it's, yes it, it you know and it, as you say it's about le- it's a learned skill and mm-hmm. but it it defines those early years of, of childhood does. I think every parent I spoke to it's like okay how are you and the next question well how much sleep have you had and then then on top of that so though, like the, those years those months that you're home definitely mostly the mum doing it, mm-hmm. you're walking around bleary-eyed because mm-hmm. of lack of sleep and then you're frustrated, like, yep. I know how to sleep. Why can't my kid learn how to <sighs> Absolutely. sleep? Absolutely. It's such a journey. It's, it's the biggest it's thing, so challenging. Yeah. The biggest thing. And what I found in the last five and a half years of being a specialist and particularly because when I started it wasn't flooded. It, it's a very unregulated industry and it wasn't flooded and I couldn't really find that many. I knew like the top ones and they were great. And in the last three years, oh, it's just crazy. And, again, I think about myself as a first-time mum and, again, I wasn't clinically diagnosed with anxiety back then because I was highly functioning with anxiety, but I absolutely suffer from anxiety and understand it now, managed but understand it. But I look at what's happening now with these poor mums I work with one-on-one and the information is so overwhelming and actually a whole lot of BS, meaning the new way of thinking around sleep is making parents feel guilty because mm. we already feel guilty. Exactly. And then you think, oh, sleep training is a negative thing or, you know, and it's absolutely not. Yes, if you cry it out, I get that. That is not nice. But this is a biological skill that they can master full stop, right? But what happens is there's this amazing specialist out there and they, they're doing a great enough job, I think, but the knowledge that they're sending through is mm, it's quite normal to wake five or six times a night. It's quite normal to do that. And, yeah, it is, but they don't have to be attended to. Like a, a healthy bubs who's thriving, which is, um, you know, majority of our babies, can master the sleep of skill, sleep, skill, sleep. Does that sound right? Skill, sleep, yes. <laughs> so basically as ages go on, they can come in and out of sleep cycles and put themselves back to sleep, so not need that association. What's happening with the sort of new knowledge is, oh, that's normal. Just do that. But 
they don't have to be attended to it all the time if they're not upset, you know, and that's the big thing about sleep. They can master coming in and out of sleep cycles and be able to do it themselves. And it's really amazing. one of those struggles I know from a working mum perspective is you've, you're about to go back to work mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, my goodness, this baby's still waking, as you say, five to six times Panicking. a night and you're going, oh, my God, it? how am I going to do it? And it's almost like you're... You know, you're almost like drunk. Like, you know, when you're like going, you like, are. say, if you've had a big night, I mean, not drunk, lack of but sleep, not but drunk. Your brain's like that. Yeah. Playing, your brain's a bit times of mush, but yeah. then you've got to rock up to work, sometimes put makeup on if you've even got there. Yeah. And it's it's a real challenge. And you, I, I remember first time going back to work, and I remember waking, my son had woken up at like three, four o'clock oh. in the morning, couldn't get him back off to sleep. I think I went to work and I had about four or five cups of coffee that yeah. day. But I was I was shot. I was exhausted. Yeah. And, and that goes on yeah. and on. And this is where this I was like. This is perpetual cycle. Yeah. And that's why I, I love your page and I actually reached out because I'm like, this is my passion. I mean, lots of passions in my passion, but working mums because 99.9% of mums I work with at some stage will have to or are going to work. And the thing is, I think, how the hell do you do that? How do you get in a car and drive? Like, that's like, like you said, it, it is the drunk feeling, but what it is, is your brain is not functioning properly. The cortisol in your brain is going next level to function. Then you're probably not even sleeping well in the times that you're sleeping because mm. you're so tired. And then you've got no energy to invest the time in sleep because you think, oh, well, I'll just sit there and I'll do whatever. And it doesn't work. But what I say to people is, it will work if you invest their time with a specialist that you connect with, a good specialist that you don't have to leave your baby. You just don't. You know, if a, if a specialist tells you to do the leave and check or leaving, you don't need to do it. Yeah. That can still learn. But it takes, it can take, you know, when families work with me, it can, we see progress within two to three nights. But they, when they work with me, it's two or three weeks. So that's when you think of that, you're not going to get a, um, if you're doing it on your own, it's not going to be easy, if that makes sense. But it's a doable thing. Yeah. And so, if we if we are like that, like, how can we manage that that transition of going back to work, and, <sighs> and then also then throwing in childcare I as know. well? And I know I had a lot of anxiety and stress because I remember particularly with my first, it was like, oh, I've just like he was about nine months old. Yeah. I've just got him in a good routine. Yes, he's finally sleep. Well, yes. I don't think you're sleeping through. That's but even better. He was sleeping better, more than probably an hour, you know, waking every night, every hour. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Then you then throw in childcare where it's a a noisy room, all the kids are together. I'm thinking, how the heck are they even going to get the kids to sleep? Absolutely. And then with my second, actually going to childcare for him was much better because he actually got tired and then decided that that was enough for him to sleep. (laughs) So it was really good. It worked out of the way. But but it was, I know, as what you talked about anxiety earlier, I had huge anxiety about starting Mm. childcare as a working mum. Yep, absolutely. Again, let's get back to that guilt cycle, you know, that we just naturally have. We, I wish we didn't, but we do, no matter how great a job we are all doing. But childcare is huge, huge, right? And so let's talk about cortisol levels and stress. So this is where people go, I'm just not going to sleep train because it's going to cause stress and cortisol levels. Yeah, it will do to, to a degree, but our baby's cortisol levels are up and down all day when they scratch themselves, got a poo in their nappy. Daycare is one of the highest cortisol levels of change, but it doesn't damage the brain. You know, it's like they love, they're responded to. That's what cortisol levels, that's what they do, it's stress. So when we talk about sleep, right, 
the biggest thing that I say to everyone, I try and say to everyone, don't worry about it. It doesn't work because I worried about everything. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the, the, my main tip would be to try and get their sleep sorted before they start. I think that reduces anxiety, right? Again, investing in a good sleep specialist if it's a bit of a struggle because all babies can learn to sleep well, like I said. So try and get their sleep sorted. So what often happens is, sadly, mums have got their back up against the wall. They didn't really want to do sleep training, but the bubs feeds to sleep. And they're like, of oh, course, it just hasn't changed and they've got to go to daycare in a month. Yes, I can help. I'm here for you. But it, it makes me a bit sad that the poor mums love breastfeeding to sleep and they've got to do that. So what you've got to think about is how can bub go to sleep reasonably independently at home? That would be your main thing because then the stress is not going to be as big for them to be able to be supported a little bit by the carers, but they can do it themselves. That'd be number one. Look at that because if they're breastfed or, or you know, bottle probably wouldn't be as bad, but breastfed would be there's your breasts aren't going to be at daycare. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to do that, working on independent sleep would be my number one. Trying not to worry about it. I know that sounds ridiculous because it is, but it's okay because you would have found a daycare that you love and like and make sure that they're you're comfortable with them and that the sleep environment's as good as it possible, as dark as possible, not nursery rhymes. Just the typical environmental stuff would be great. And when I say don't worry about it, say they've got a say for example you've got someone who's sleeping well at home, great. They start daycare, they're definitely going to be upset about that in general. Okay. So then you have make sure you have lots of one-on-one time before bed because often with working parents, you're rushing. You know, you get them home, you're driving, you try not to fall asleep in the car, and then you dinner, 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 bath, 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 book, book, bed, right? My biggest thing would be to try and get a little bit organized with dinner and stuff so it's a bit calmer. And then having it 10, 15 minutes of really one on one time, no phone, no TV, just absolute connection. Now, even if they're crawling around and they're quite busy, follow them around, like having that time with them. Because what ends up happening is they're busy, busy, and that's their life and they're not worried about it, but then they go to bed and they have FOMO. Mm. And they're like, I want to spend time with you now. So that can be any age. So independent sleep, number one, having calm, try to have calm one-on-one time leading up to bed 10, 15 minutes, and also just work on their wake time. So, for example, they go to daycare, they have crappy sleep, okay? Don't work on the clock of being asleep by 6.37 because that's their normal sleep time. Say they had a whatever amount of sleeps, one, two, or three, four, whatever their their personalised awake time is, work on that. So if that means they normally go to bed at seven because they have better sleeps at home, but they have crappy ones at daycare, they go to bed at quarter to six. Just bring it earlier, yeah. They're my main tips. That's my main tips. And, and yeah, they would be my main tips basically. And that, that they do adjust within a week or so. But, yeah, trying to roll with the punches really with the wake times, independent sleep and lots of one-on-one. And how, what about that anxiety? I know that I was like, oh my goodness, mm. what happens? Like, as you know, at home, both of my sons were having like the, the 30 minutes in the morning yeah. and then the perfect two hours at home oh, no. in the mid lunchtime, you go to childcare and they only do one, one generally sometimes one sleep cycle each time. And you're like, oh my goodness, like how can this be? And, and it is, it yeah. is. But also let's also children, babies, toddlers can differentiate between home and daycare. Not saying it's not going to mess up at times, but what I say is you're having crappy times and it's a one or two weeks of unsettled. Just keep it on the days that they're at home the same and it will figure itself out. The days that they have the crappy 30-minute cat naps, again, try not to worry about it, work on the wake times, go to bed early. 
you know, because what happens is, again, so much information out there, oh, if they don't sleep well, it's going to affect their night sleep. Yeah, it's it can, but it's more just not overtired in those wake times. Yeah. So, again, try not to worry about it. I know I keep yeah. saying that. But, you know, because that does cause anxiety, 100%. You know, like I was anxious about sleep so much is why I'm so passionate about it, and I was the same. I was like, oh my gosh, why are that? You know, but now over time and all the work I've done, it's more just the wake times and then the days they're home, really concentrating on their good sleeps at home. If they're a little bit unsettled in the first few weeks, work on it mm. at home. You know, so if they had that nice big lunch one, you spend time resettling. Yeah. One thing I also picked up when with particularly with my youngest, because he wasn't great sleeper at childcare, mm. that the way that the educators worked out to get him, they found their own little yes. routine. So they yes. got to know mm-hmm. both the kids. So mm-hmm. they just like we do as new mums, we work yep. out what works. The little idiosyncrasies. Yeah. Turns out some of the educators, there were some educated better than others yes. of actually getting him down. You know, they're like, oh, he loves a pat on the back and you know, open room. He just wanted that extra comfort. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting as well that they work out what each of the kids were. As as you said, they differentiate yep. between home and childcare or, or wherever they're caring, being cared for. But then those people that are actually those other people, and I guess it's a bit of us trusting other people mm-hmm. as well, they all work out their own little routines, yep. what works. Because yep. I also I remember when with my, I think it was my first my mother-in-law would rock him more to sleep. I'm always saying, please don't rock him to sleep. We're trying to get it. We're trying to get out of that routine because we were Mm -hmm. always guilty of it. She's like, no, no. And I'm like, like, I had to just get to the point of like, okay, if it's for her, it was what working. Yeah. But as you said, my son was differentiating between home and his grandparents' house. That was okay. And isn't that a great sentence to use, you know, differentiating between, because this is what happens. We get so stuck in no, 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 which is what I was like. But I have a husband that's go with the flow, Donna, just go with the flow. And the thing is I wasn't a go with a flow person. And, but I went, okay. And particularly around sleep and go, let's just go for a drive. No, no. I can tell you not one time was he wrong. Yeah. So I had to have, so I feel like I'm him now for all the mums. Like it's going to be okay. The thing is what can happen though, say for example, your son was with your mum for three nights, right? And he was rocked to sleep every night. You could have a little bit of a fuss on the fourth knife back at home, but don't rock him to sleep. You know, the, so differentiate between uh, where they're staying. Absolutely. If they can try and do what you do, brilliant. But if they can't, then always stick to your foundations and boundaries at home with what you do. And there's some things as well that you can do to help with that transition back into yeah. childcare of, you know, blankies. And I've yeah. seen like there Dummies. are some blankies that have got like white noise in them and things yep. like that. Like yep. is it to also about have that familiarity to help 100%. with those transitions? 100%. I have found though, again, I think it's a bit of a SIDS thing, but I haven't heard it a lot that they don't let the teddies go to daycare. Mm. That's a bit upsetting. But, yeah, absolutely. So for me, no white noise on teddies because they don't last for more than 45 minutes, not naming names, but all the teddies are fantastic, but you want any white noise to be constant, brown, pink, white noise, constant. So usually the daycare has it anyway, but yeah, familiarity, absolutely. You need them to have that, that that it's like their best friend, their teddy. That really yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And then what about like with with self-settling and, and things mm-hmm. like that? So I know that what do, you do? what do you do? Like if your kid's not settling or not yeah. in those routines and you need to go back to work, mm-hmm. how do you manage it? Work with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is. The biggest thing is, like I said, there's so much information out there. But what I do when I work with 
joking, but not joking. What I do when I work with families, and if you can think about that, we have the two or three weeks, it takes a long time. We don't leave our baby, right? When we talk about independent sleep, that is actually without a dummy. I'm not anti-dummies at all. If you feel like you're putting that dummy in all in, all times of night, you might need to look at getting rid of it. We're talking about just quickly, science-based stuff, biological sleep cycles. So we're coming in and out of lighter, deeper stages of sleep all night. We go to sleep perfection. They go to sleep on their own. That's independent sleep. They can go in and out of those deeper and lighter cycles and not wake. When there's some kind of association, then they're often waking to have that association to help them back. So dummies, rocking, bottle, feeding of some kind, singing, music. You want you don't want music. You want white noise, brown noise. So when we're talking about all that, I don't want people to think, oh, God, I've got to get rid of everything because that's just too stressful. But what you've got to think of, think about how they go down. So, for example, if they go down rocking, right, and some families I work with that they're rocking them and they're like three, that's all they know. Habitually, that's all they know. So what you do over time, if you ever start anything new and you look at what's going on with independent sleep, start everything at nighttime because we have melatonin that helps. Think it's going to take two or three weeks. It's going to take a while, you know. So what you do is you're always with them. So you might say a bubs has been rocked to sleep. You hold them for a bit until they're calm. Put them down. Sit with them, hand on chest, you know. So what we're trying to do is offer that comfort and support as a parent as they're mastering this new skill, as all the skills that they they master as they get older. Sleep's the same, you know. So dummies are a tough one. Feedings and anything in the mouth because. We've got, it activates the vagus nerve, which is that calming nerve through our body, um, that sucking on the top. So that is the toughest one. But say you want to get rid of the dummy and you're like, I really want to uh, get rid of it. What I often do when, when I work with families is we might go from removing dummy <laughs> to rocking to sleep and then removing the rocking to sleep. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. really so it's, gradually. It's a stage process yeah. rather than a just lot like of, cold yeah, turkey. Yeah. A lot of sleep specialists don't do that, but I'm an empath. I just don't, you know, I'm, I get like, mm. babies are still going to cry with any change. And if you find someone that says no cry sleep training or support, I don't know how that would work with a healthy baby who's got lungs because they don't like change. And that's the thing you've got to think to yourself. Babies don't like any change. We're the captains of the ship. We're the, you know, pilots of the plane. We should be in control. So we want to change this habitual stuff around sleep. How do we do that with support? And I say intermittent support, meaning, okay, you might rock to drowsy. And that works. You might rock to drowsy 50%. That works. You know, like that's my approach is really gradual. And then it's like, like I said, walking, eating, crawling, sitting. It's us parenting and supporting them. And then they master the skill and off they go. I also liken it to breastfeeding. Like if you're a first time mum and you've decided to breastfeed, doesn't come easy. No, no. Both times now, for me, it was yeah, hell. It but hurts. Work, we got there. Exactly. So that's two things. If you look at right there, the most important things for our life is sleep and food. We'll die without them, right? Mm. So a bubs should come out knowing how to feed. Yes, they do, but they don't. So if you think of it just like that, and most, I don't know anyone who had an easy road with some obviously much more horrific than others, but it hurts. They don't latch. Like my second one didn't latch and it was painful forever until I gave up after nine weeks because it hurt too much. But think of sleep as the same. It's a biological skill. We can absolutely be there for them to master and the other thing that's coming out a lot is oh, they can't self-settle before six months not true absolutely not true you can create some really great sleep foundations from hospital now that would be wake times cuddles all that sort of stuff uh, and and gently implement stuff and then by the time they get older as we're creating those foundations they learn yeah you know so 
That's yeah. it. What I'm really hearing for you is uh, is definitely a big foundation is about those awake times. Do you have something that obviously we could link to in the resources yeah, about heaps, knowing heaps. what those awake times are? Oh my and gosh, I'll get a link I'm, off yes, you and I'll put 100%. them in because I know so many people are like, but my baby's nine <clears> months old, what's the good awake time and, and things like that. So, yeah, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Awesome. I've got all of that. Yeah, I do want to say though, again, to demystify it all for people, I have my own sleep charts as of thousands of others, right? Which is scientifically based biological sleep schools in the past that have, have researched this. So they are really important, right? Now they're mine in the range of what has been researched. But believe me, there's 10% on either side, less, less or more, that you will not find your baby to be in that chart. And don't worry about that. There's nothing wrong. So for example, I've had a nine-month-old baby. Usually they're on two sleeps around about three-hour wake time, could be 2.45, 3.15. She had, we got down to one nap. She wouldn't have a nap. Wow. And at nine months. So we had to figure out together. Now that's my one percenter. Now that's where I work with families one-on-one, right? Because this is where no chart, no program that you buy is going to figure that out ever. And it's going to drive that poor parent crazy. And like for another little nine-month-old boy at the moment, he's on the lesser. He's on like, now again, nine months, about three three hours. He's on about two, you know, yeah. working really well. Now that's taken us a while to figure that out. So I really want people to understand that you can have all of this information at your fingertips, but your beautiful baby who's such an individual may not fit in that chart or anything you find and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just going to drive you crazy Yeah, because the baby's going to be crying, you know. And it's the stress and anxiety and, you know, yeah. going back to work, it's hard oh enough gosh. and then you've got this child that's not sleeping and then you're not, particularly yeah. when you first go back to work, you you want some of that recovery bit. Yeah. And I used to love you those to two hours of my, yeah, I love yes. those two hours. My son was having a sleep on the days you I was should. working. I was like, oh, this is me time. Yes. And that's but so I don't know important, that can, isn't it? Yeah. It's just re- recharging. Because mm-hmm. as we know, young kids need a lot of attention and they go, yeah. go, go. Yeah. And so you're like, oh my God. So it's, it's it's so important. And then when we're going, we're, we know we're going to work, uh, go back to work. When should we start sort of thinking about some of these transitions? Like, is there a leader? Because obviously there's the childcare transition, which ideally you do a few weeks beforehand and you don't have all day one that first day. But in terms of the sleep, because I know sleep is going to be a big component of that and also will help alleviate some of your stress and anxiety is what we've already spoken about. 100%. Is it something like as you're starting to think about returning back into work, also thinking about it from a sleep perspective? Definitely. Definitely. And what happens is, of course, people don't want to pay the money. I get it. It's not cheap. It will be the best money that, if you again, you find a great consultant that you love and good, it's the best money you will ever spend. But I understand that, you know, uh, one, you're down to one pay and, you know, understand all of that. But what I would say is maybe six weeks, a month before, because really what you would like is good sleep, um, maybe starting within the few weeks before you start daycare. Now I've had lots of families that didn't know this. And then we started support training and then they started daycare. We can still do it because I work one-on-one with families and support them through that, but really think out your timeline. And if, if it's just what you've got to think about, they're not all of a sudden going to sleep. They're not. Like, and this is where I think everybody thinks, oh, they'll get to this age, they'll get to this age. You've got to think of it as everything we do is routine, habitual, and whatever we've helped support and create, that's all they know. So if they're there every hour at night and they come into bed to, in your bed at 2 a.m., that's all they know. They're not all mm. of a sudden going to sleep through. So 
really, if you're feeling that angst. And the other thing is, you like getting back to that guilt thing, you already feel guilty about it. And so you would, I think it would help with that angst that they were re- sleeping and rested and be able to probably deal with daycare better than a really agitated, tired baby. Yeah, well so, yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, but there's so many different factors to it. And, so um, and I'm so passionate about supporting women return to work. Yeah, I know. And I know that, yeah, sleep and that childcare transition is such a big part of it. Huge. And so by trying to, you know, work through some of these issues and the hurdles that you know of that we know that are there, you know, and it's definitely, it is a bit of a crystal ball and you don't always know what the answer is going to be, but it certainly can um, alleviate some of those stresses. And I know like personally, particularly with my second, I was just as stressed of like him starting because he didn't, he wasn't self-settling. And even though I had been trying for months, he's a lot more stubborn than my first, but then got second child and then go to childcare. I think he, I think I probably should, he's awake times. So I was like, he was probably one of those 10%ers didn't need as much. And I was like, okay, fine. All right. You go and he worked it out. And, but it's those little things that you're just like, oh, my God. Is this, yeah. The little things that add up. And, and the thing is why I'm so passionate about this is, again, my own life journey and sleep. But honest, hand on heart, once sleep is sorted, no matter if you stay at home mum or whatever, everything falls into place. Oh, 100%. Everything. Their food, yeah. their wake times, their personality, you. And I'm like, it's number one. You know, like, and it, and it, and what I want to always put out there when I have any conversation with people, try not to make it, try not to look at the negatives or it being scary. You know, I offer a one-on-one, of like a fifteen-minute chat to people for free, just food for thought. You know, like this is what could happen. It's okay, and you can just hear the mums go, "Oh, okay," and it's not cried out. No, it's not cried out. You know, just there's an option, and that's what I want to say to people. There's a light at the end of the tunnel if you're feeling really stressed about it. And, and also what I say to mums, whatever you're doing and it's working, don't change it. Like if you co-sleep and you're comfortable with that or they're dummy or feeding to sleep, you do not need to change a thing ever. It's just when it starts to impact your life or your mental health that you think, okay, I'm going to look at that, you know. That's so well said, so well said. Is there anything else that you want to add to just before we finish off? What else, what else? I think we've talked about everything fantastically and I hope that that's, cleared it up with the daycare thing to try and, you know, lessen the stress. And I'm always about sort of minimalizing all the information, meaning, you know, wake times, independent sleep, you know, because it doesn't have to be overwhelming and confusing. But the biggest thing is, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. We all as parents and particularly mums feel really lonely on our journey at times, no matter if you've got people all around you, but also know we're all feeling it. We've all felt it. We're all feeling it. The mum next to you with the baby crying, you, you like get in the car and cry yourself like we're all doing it. But And this is why I love connecting with people like yourself because I think, you know, if one people, one person hears this and goes, oh, okay, maybe it's not so scary and they're driving to, to, to work and, you know, I've had mums drive in the front of their garage, you know, like put the foot on the accelerator in front of the brake, have car accidents, go through red lights. And, like, this is the reality of mums because, you know, again, back in the day, you know, I could go back to sleep if I, if, or I could stay in my jammies all day when I was really fatigued. But like I said, for me, with the families I work with, this 99.9% of mums are going back. So they're not only going back to intense work or work they don't like because they have to, they still have to parent when they get home. Then they don't sleep. So everyone's amazing, but you can get sleep. Yes. And <laughs> that's, that's my end note. <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's a great way to, I think it's a great way to finish it. Everyone mm. can get sleep. It yes. is possible. It's possible. 
for everyone. It's not a luxury. No, which is good. Mm. Now, Donna, what do you do for self-care and to fill your cup? Well, I just, I had to write this down because I laughed at myself because I'm spending a lot of time on myself at the moment trying to just learn what to do. How ridiculous is that? Because for my whole life, even when I was a stay-at-home mum, I was so busy so busy. And I'm like, what the (laughs) hell was I doing with myself? But I I was really hard on myself. So, you know, I wanted perfection or, you know, we're just so hard on ourselves all the time. So I just didn't, I think it was a guilt thing. So know that I'm 48, right. And I'm only just starting to understand what I need to do. But as simple as my, my thing is that I want to do for myself is go for a walk around the park with my dog, go to the beach, you know, sit down with my 11 year old and watch TV with her. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But, you know, having that time, maybe once a month having a massage, gosh, you know, luxury. And not everyone can afford that, but it's really just having that space in your mind to to breathe. Meditation, that's been a big thing. Like guided meditation has been huge for me with stressful times. And years and years ago, you know, specialists or doctors would go, you need to meditate. And my mind was a million miles an hour. But guided meditations changed my life. So if I'm in a stressful situation with the family, I will just go, I'm just going to have five minutes to meditate. They think I'm crazy, but um, <laughs> but that helps too. So that's all my self-help stuff. It sounds really simple and it doesn't have to be big. You know, no. sitting on the beach, if you're in a park, hug a tree, sit under a tree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those, just it's, those little, it's those little things just yeah. to take you away, just to from recharge. the children, yeah. Yeah, just from the and, children particularly. And your partner, husband, whatever, you just need that space for you five, ten minutes, you know, even just before bed doing a nice meditation. I've found that that's helped a lot. Mm. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for today. Thank you. And where can we find out more information and connect with you? Yes, I'm everywhere. So on all platforms, it's Bub to Sleep. So it's B-U-B, number two sleep, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. Again, web, uh, websites, www.sleep.com.au. And like I said, I offer a free 15-minute chat for mums to chat. It's not a sales call. It's not salesy. It's just the a check-in and to sort of really simplify and food for thought for the age of their baby of what's going on and then they can make a choice if they need support or not. But I just really like I've tried to create a community rather than just you work for me for two weeks and you're gone, you know. It's like you you come you if you work with me or you get to find me, then it's for life if you like me. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Donna. It's been such a good chat and I'm sure it's going to have an impact on many other people that I know that are in the transition or even, you know, got kids at childcare going, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? So I wish I'd had these conversations when I, um, I know before I went, took my first childcare. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Karina. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch up. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. (music) 